Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored as always by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights that legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, the moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, dog? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast version 257, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. A lot to get into, and we are approaching, generally speaking, what is probably the two or three slowest weeks of the sports year. But we do have some little tidbits here that we will dive into on this version of the podcast. Before we do that, did it happen to you this weekend like it did for me almost exactly a year ago? Did you have a car accident and you were hurt and you don't know what to do and you start realizing, my God, I, I was rushed to the hospital and I got a CT scan. Oh, my, I'm getting another one and I'm getting all these x-rays. And what is all this can just be so overwhelming. That's why you need the staff at Greening Law the green team, because once you make that call, and again, it's a free consultation, they ask you a few questions, but if they decide to take your case, I am telling you from personal experience, they take a lot of that pressure and that weight of how you're going to deal with all the extracurriculars off of you, and they they will f- tell you on the phone, hey man, we got you, don't worry about that, just, just go to your next doctor appointment and worry about getting better, that's what they do. And to me, that's why you want to pick up the phone, Give them a call, 972-934-8900. It's 972-934-8900. And just tell them what your situation is, man, because they grind for you. They they work against the other, t- against, you know, whoever you're going against. Normally, they've got a big insurance company behind them. They'll fight for you. They'll guide you through the process. They'll make it as easy as they can for you. And what I like about them, there's no fees. There's no nothing you pay unless you get paid. Because they don't get paid unless it happens, unless you get paid. And to me, that means they're working for you 24-7 nonstop. It's easy to do, man. 972-934-8900. Memorize it. Write it down. Keep it with you. 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening. Call now. Offices, Dallas, Texas. Actually, it's kind of interesting because I'm going to get another steroid injection into my back this week. And and they, oh. they're the ones that set all that up for me. And yeah, my back has just gotten, I don't know what the deal is. I mean, I have a very badly herniated disc. And so I got to go get that. That'll be Wednesday afternoon. And hopefully that will help a little bit. Because for whatever reason, like the last few months, it's just gotten worse. I don't it's know a why. nagging pain or an acute pain? Yeah, it's more of just like a dull discomfort that's kind of always there. And then if I sit or I stand too long, it'll bother me. One of the things that really irritated me is in the last probably two weeks, I've noticed that I feel it when I start when I've been working out. All and right. That's something that's not cool. <laughs> because no. like I'll go for a jog or something sometimes and like I noticed it like last week I couldn't run because every time I took a step I could feel it in my back. It's like, "Oh my god." I was like, "This is not good." So hopefully the steroid thing will help. We'll see. It helped the yeah, first time see. I had it done, but I think I'm going to have to get a couple of them here in the next month or so. Whew. Well, let's uh let's hope that that works. Yeah, I'm hoping because for I've it. had I've <laughs> had a creaky back and there just ain't no Creaky backs, they all suck, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at some point, it's just this is what it is, you know? So they're trying to get to a point to see, okay, what can we do? And I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But maybe I'll have an update for everybody later this week. 
But it was interesting. You brought this up. I was like, man, already one year. And this is something that, and we've talked about this in regard to, you know, Arch Manning, uh, Texas A&M, a variety of different things in the last few months. And that is NILs in college football. And the fact that they basically were approved almost exactly one year ago. Yeah. Well, I think the bigger thing is it's been a game changer. But check this out, bro. It still doesn't seem to me like it's like it's overwhelmed the sport and taking the sport over. Yeah. Um, I think there was that that initial flurry. But what people have to understand and realize is that players, the best players have always been getting paid. They just got paid under the table. Or they got your parents a job or they bought your parents a house or they, they stuck a car in your grandma's name. This is not really new. Everything's just above board. Yeah. And I've always been down with it. I see very few negatives. And the negatives I do see can be fixed to me, you know, rather easily. But I just think it's good that players have the same rights and opportunities as every other student out there now, which is to make money off your name if you're good at something at, a, at an early age. Yeah, I've never had a problem with it either. I, I've never understood... As I've said many times, I think a lot of people that have problems with it, it, it like to me, I think it, it's got to be rooted in, in some sort of jealousy or some sort of old man get off my line. Well, that's not the way that it is. Or you shouldn't be able to make that kind of money for just being in college. You're already getting free education. And I've always thought that was interesting because to me, like, what do you care if somebody wants to pay an 18-year-old kid $2 million to play football? Well, I think the thing of it is, and you hear coaches talk about it all the time, oh, it ruins the game and this and that. And to me, man, it's just poppycock, bro. It's, uh, I think what it does is it, it takes away some of your ability to control people and to tell them you can only do this, you can only do that, because what's the deal? If you don't have any money, you are under somebody else's control. Whereas if you have money and control you know you don't have to because you don't have to just accept whatever treatment or whatever rules somebody hands down yeah um you know most of the time man all this stuff is about oh well you know kids won't learn these lessons if they make money you know it's like the transfer portal they won't learn to stick it out and everything to me is a negative as and you know i'm not like ever been mr sunshine bro but to me there's a lot of positives to it uh, and I used the Jameson Williams case, the Alabama receiver who went number one after being a backup at Ohio State for two years as a classic example of sometimes you want to compete as hard as you can, but it might be some cats better than you. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, Joe Burrow, it might be a cat. I mean, guy went in the first round. So at that particular time, maybe he was better than you. Doesn't mean you sucked. Just meant you wanted a chance to play. You wanted an opportunity just to show what you could do. Or how about this, Matt? I just want to play. I don't want to sit on the bench. I've been a starter in elementary and middle school and high school. I was a star. I just want to play. And, you know, some places you can't play, so you go somewhere else. It's not always a negative, man. And I think a lot of people have built it up to be that way. And so I'm all for players, man, making as much as they can. And check this out, bro. Some people will screw it up and make poor decisions, man. Yeah, they will. And, you know, I agree pretty much with everything you just said. And, and I've never understood – why we want to restrict things or like in the case of Jamison Williams. And, and I mean, this is a hypothetical. We don't know. It's speculation. What if he had just stayed at Ohio State and he waited for his chance and he got hurt in practice? Or what if he had waited at Ohio State and the coaches did not see in him or because he wasn't getting as much playing time, he wasn't able to develop the way that he was able to develop by transferring to Alabama where they're like, look, we're going to throw you the ball a ton. We think you're, we need you. And Ohio State's telling him, oh, we, you know, we, we see a little something, but we think these guys are better. And, and he believed in himself. To me, I think that that's – and sometimes, yeah, that's why they're about to install transfer portal windows, and I think those are good. Yeah, I, I don't, that's fine. I don't think you want kids just transferring all the time. And, and the, the fact that you could enter the transfer portal in season, I've never liked because that's where, oh, I didn't get to play in this game or the coach was mad at me for practice, so I didn't start, and I'm pissed. I'm in the transfer portal. You know, right. it should be at the end of the season, once you go through the entire year, if you feel like you want to walk away from that situation, I think you should have every right to do so. Because anybody else anywhere can do that. Like any normal college kid. And I've always, I've never understood why is it only athletes getting paid that really only football players. Like if somebody wanted to, to pay the gymnastics team 
a million dollars, nobody would care. But don't don't you pay my football players? Well, no. Some of the, a lot of that's you know the whole competitive advantage thing because the teams that have always been good want to stay good, and the teams that have always been average or sucked, they want to move up to the to the top tier, and it's incredibly hard to do consistently. Um, and so I think that's a lot of it, man. But the NIL, I think I think it's been good. I think it's opened up. I think it's interesting the different takes that coaches have on it. Um, you know, because ultimately, uh, you just to me, if you're going to succeed in it, you just have to accept that it's here and it's not changing. Yeah. And then you have to say, and, uh, you know, Ryan Day, Ohio State's coach, did this. If we want to keep our current team together, it's going to cost about $13 million. You know, because it, it, there's like a salary structure. Like quarterbacks, yeah. elite quarterbacks cost $3 million. You know? Um, I thought that was elite. very smart by him doing that. Dude, I mean, it's just what it is. I'm not going to fight it. It's it's here. It's here to stay if we want to do what we do. If we want this elite edge rusher, Alabama's going to pay him $3 million. We're going to pay him $3 million. What You know, all the top programs are going to pay him $3 million. Now he can decide where he thinks he can best develop because the money is essentially the same. Yeah, it's interesting because somebody had tweeted at me last week when Arch Manning announced his commitment to Texas, and I can't remember the exact tweet, but it was something about like, oh, I bet they paid Manning a ton to have to go to Texas. I was like, the mic is still here and working and fine. <laughs> That's good news, man. But, you know, like I was saying about Arch Manning, I was like, so what? If Texas paid him $5 million in NILs, I don't care. It's legal. There are ways to easily make it happen. And if you've got the money, that's what irks me about A&M is, like, if I was A&M, I'd be beating my chest. Hey, we're rich as hell. Come play for us. We'll get you taken care of. I don't know why that's a problem. Like, I don't know why schools aren't embracing this and aren't rushing out to be like, hey, look, here's the NIL deals that we can give you. Oh, by the way, you know, you, you know don't sign a contract saying that you'll come here. But uh, if you did, I mean, that's what these these collectives are doing. There's, and it's all above board. It's all going to stand up in court. It's fine. Use it to your advantage. Well, yeah, because, you know, a, a lot of kids, the money can help their families like for real. Um, but, you know, there's, there will be people there to take advantage of you and all these other things, man. There's no perfect system. There is no thing to prevent people from making poor decisions and then having to live with the outcome. Uh, but we saw that with the transfer portal where I read somewhere last week, you know, like a thousand people were in the transfer portal. Dude, it ain't that many roster spots. So yep. somebody made a poor decision and they got to live with the consequences of it, man. I mean, I've, have you not ever made a poor decision and had to live with the consequences, man? <laughs> Maybe like a for real, times. bro. Yeah, you know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for most of us, I'm talking in general, for most of us, it's with your first or second credit card where you got it. Hey, hey I'm balling. Drinks on me. I'll have another, I'll have another round. And then the bill comes in, and you're like, oh, I can't pay for this. Yeah, and, you're like, oh, whoops. The, the 27.99 interest rate, and you max that thing out at $5,000, and you don't want to call your parents and tell them that you got the card that you weren't supposed to get, and now it's maxed out. And now that interest rate is kicking your ass. And ultimately, you either have to tell your parents or you have to figure it out, but you made a poor decision with some bad consequences, bro. Yeah, that's the way that life kind of works, man, and – I don't know that this whole thing to me, I've never had a problem with it. It does not bother me at all. And it's like I've always said, it's interesting that we've never minded how schools will put money into building these stadiums, how schools will put money into building facilities with video game setups that we could only dream about with lazy rivers running through them with all kinds of extras, all these things to entice recruits of, hey, come here and we've got better stuff than somebody else. But if you give that money directly to the kid, Instead of, look, you can play PlayStation 5 whenever you want, then all of a sudden we've got a problem with it. It's very odd to me. And the fact that it only applies to athletes. Like if you, and we've talked about this. If you're a music major, if you're a theater major in college, you can film as many commercials that you, as you want and still go to college and get the money from the commercials. Somebody could pay you, hey, we, we saw you do this movie. We'd like to have you endorse whatever company. You could do all that and nobody would bat an eye. No. But when it comes to sports, when it comes to football, we have a problem with it. Dude, it's the, uh, it's the way of the world. I'm glad uh, that we're settling in now. And to me, not that many people have real NIL deals. There's still not that many athletes endorsing products. And if so, they're really doing it on a local level, not a national level. And that, that's fine for me. I don't have any problem with that. And so I think it's more right now, it's more 
to me about collectives just saying, hey, if you'll if you'll come here, we'll pay you, you know, twenty five thousand dollars a year or whatever, it, whatever it turns out to be. Yeah. And that I don't have a problem with that either. It's just the uh, you know, we live in a capitalistic society, bro. That's just the way we're built. It's all about money and who can give you this and who can, you know, what you can maneuver and what you can negotiate. And that's just the world that we live in. Yeah, it's really strange. I, I mean, we're so worried about these 18 and 19-year-olds and, and this and that, but only in football. Like, again, any other 18, 19-year-old, I mean, we, we don't even, hey, this, this kid didn't go to college. Now he's making $4 million a year. Oh, my God, is he going to ruin his life? Oh, he's not playing football? He'll be fine. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. It is. But as we move forth here and a couple of things to get into, let's tell you about Bruce Biltong. Have you ordered your Bruce Biltong yet? I'm still, I mean, I, I literally, this is interesting because Bruce Biltong to me is one of those things. I feel this way with Triscuits. Like I always have Triscuits in my pantry. <laughs> always. I mean, I literally eat Triscuits a couple of times a week. And, and every time I go to the store, I get a, a box or two of Triscuits. That's just like one of my go-tos. The other thing that has become one of my go-tos ever since we first had it a while back is is the Biltong from Brews Biltong. And it's one of those things where you hear about it, you're like, oh, it's like beef jerky. You're like, oh, that's interesting. I like beef jerky. Let me try it. And then you try it like, okay, holy crap. Like this, <laughs> it's really good. It's healthy. There's no sugar. There's no artificial ingredients. And the thing of it is, is that it's so high in protein, but it's not as tough as beef jerky. It's more tender and it's, it's really become one of those go-to things that I keep in my pantry nonstop all the time now. Nah, man, it's, um, the thing about it is it surprises you because it's not what you expect. You know, beef jerky is really good, but it gets in your teeth and it's kind of dry and dries your mouth out and all this other stuff. It's, but, you know, when you have that bill talk, man, you keep going, oh, my God, what is the deal here? This is, it's got all the good stuff I get from jerky, but none of the bad stuff. Like, it ain't sitting in my teeth. Because it's it's a little more tender, it's a lot more succulent, it's a lot more flavorful. Yeah. And I get down with it because it's got that 30 grams of protein, man, which is huge. When you're trying to eat a certain amount of protein a day, for me, it's, you know, somewhere around 180, 200 grams of protein a day. So that you can build a little muscle and get rid of some of this fat. Yeah, man. I mean, it is fantastic. I think that you guys would really enjoy it, which is why we recommend it to you at bruisebiltong.com. B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G. Go order yourself a bag. And when you do, use that promo code JAM15 at checkout. You get 15% off your order anytime you order at bruisebiltong.com. Also, Freeway Tire Shop, whose best spokesperson ever just happens to also do this podcast because Jacques has had multiple cars worked on. Every time JR standing behind his work, the mechanic you can trust, we have found him for you at Freeway Tire Shop. I mean... Everybody I know who doesn't know how to fix cars, you're looking for a mechanic you trust because we all know that the dealers charge you 25 times more than they should for whatever repair that you want. Um, so, man, we're lucky that uh, we got hooked up with Freeway Tire, and I tried them out, and I just, I just like, yo. Um, you got to understand, my son graduated, and so I keep pounding into his head. You got any problem with your car, you take it to JR and build your own relationship with JR, and then go out and tell everybody how good service was because of JR, man. Uh, something's wrong with this challenger just a couple weeks ago, man. I said, just take it over there, dog. And uh, here's what happened. JR diagnosed the issue. It wasn't really that big a deal. He fixed it, uh, used quality parts to fix it, man. Charged him a, a fair price, which in this case was like uh, $150 or whatever. And then, uh, you know, he, he always stands behind his work. So to me, it's the best you can get, bro. Because you don't have to worry about whether you're getting ripped off and with a mechanic. That's always a big deal. Freeway Tire Shop, man. Check them out. They're online. You can schedule a quote. Schedule a quote. You can schedule an appointment. Request a quote. Or just drive by. It's right there off of 35 North, just north of downtown Dallas at Freeway Tire Shop. So this trip around the block, there's a couple of interesting things. And before we get into the story you and I were talking about, we have had many, many beers. We have shared some beers together. And we have talked about some of the weird beers that Martin House Brewing Company has released. Now, originally, they hit the craze because they did the pickle beer. And this was, man, that yeah. might have been three or four years ago. And Bro, everybody, I still remember it. Yeah. Never forget it. Everybody's like, oh, my God, the pickle beer. Then they did the spiky, spicy pickle beer. They did, we talked about it, I think, over Christmas, the Cotton Heady Ninny Muggins, which was a beer made with <laughs> syrup, M&Ms, and spaghetti. They're at it again. 
And Martin House, and this is, you know, they back themselves into the corner of, of how do you continually come up with these gimmicky beers? And they do it, and then they sell out, and people wait in lines for them, and they're insane. But coming up this week, Martin House is going to release a beer known as Murph Juice, which <laughs> on the can is pictures of Mexican street tacos, and it says Murph Juice, barbecue sauce beer with spices. Okay, so this is like drinking Smoky John's. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know what else. some yeast and barley or something. I here. guess so. Now, apparently for this beer, now keep in mind, Martin House is over in Fort Worth. They teamed up with the place called T&D Barbecue in Weatherford. <laughs> I mean. I'll trust them. It's a sour base. They added the same spices that T&D's barbecue uses in their own sauce, which they're saying is like black pepper, garlic, onion powder, cayenne, cinnamon, soy sauce, plus a few secret ingredients. And it checks in at 6.9% ABV. But apparently, according to, to Suge, and, and, and Suge now, I mean, he's worked his way up. He's their marketing director now. But here in this article I'm reading, he says, people are worried that it's going to be like thick, gelatinized you know like actual barbecue sauce he goes it's not it's just really a good beer with a tangy kick <laughs> okay that maybe you want to eat with some barbecue i don't know man a barbecue sauce beer huh all right and if that's not enough for you next month in july they are releasing i promise you this is true and this is probably just in time for july 4th i don't know but they are releasing a beer called bun length which is a hot dog flavored hard seltzer. Ah, Why would you flavored? I, what? I, I saw this as like, my God, that sounds disgusting. Jeez. And if you don't think it sounds disgusting, here's how they brewed it. It is brewed with the leftover water from 52 pounds of boiled frankfurters. I'm a pass, bro. Why would That's you me. want to drink hot dog flavor? <laughs> Hey, man, sometimes we just go too far. I, I mean, Mike, and look, I applaud them for the creativity. I applaud them for continuing to push the line. But holy <laughs> hell, guys, I mean, that's... So apparently they are going to release this July 16th, I see here now. They are planning the hot dog... They have a hot dog-themed party July 16th. They're in Fort Worth at the brewery with the John Cougar Mellencamp cover band and plenty of mustard pickle beer on tap to complement the hot dog seltzer. So you could take a sip of the hot dog <laughs> seltzer, keep it in your mouth a little bit, and then take a sip of the mustard pickle beer, and it's like you got a hot dog in your mouth in liquid form. Wow, bro. I don't even know what to say. And I've, you know, they have come out with some <laughs> wild-ass beers, and I've had several of them. But, man, they put out beers sometimes where I'm just like, I don't even want to try that. I don't care I mean, how gimmicky. What is the appeal of drinking a hot dog flavored beer? It just seems, uh, I don't even, uh, you know, maybe I wouldn't be so bad because I don't even like hot dogs. But it just seems like sometimes, bro, you just, I don't know, bro. I don't want to drink a hot dog. Like, I don't want to drink a steak. I want to eat those things. Yeah, man. <laughs> I want something that complements that. Yeah. However you do that. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say. I really don't because that is a new level. And I love beer. Everybody knows that. I, we went to a couple of breweries on Friday night around town, generally speaking on the weekends, even here in Birmingham. I mean, we make the rounds and we enjoy trying all the new beers, but I don't know that I ever thought or could process somebody's going to make a hot dog flavored beer, nor that I would ever <laughs> want to try it. You ain't never lied about that. Like I would just, I would just pass on the curiosity. But yeah, whatever. I'm okay. What can you do? The other thing here, <laughs> and this is something, and some of you may be familiar with Pilot Point, which is up kind of, man, what is that? About an hour north of Dallas, I guess. Yes, yeah, about thirty miles or so outside of Denton. Yeah, five minutes outside of Denton. Yeah, I mean it is way up there. There used to be a brewery in Pilot Point called Whistle. Whistle post brewing, but they closed down a couple uh, years back. I know Pilot Point. If I'm not mistaken, well, I'm not mistaken about this. They used to have great high school football. Like at then, it was like two A or three A football. And I want to say their coach was named Jerry Jones. 
And that's why I remember it because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, they used to just win every year. Well, we bring up Pilot Point because the mayor of Pilot Point, and, uh, you know, Pilot Point's a really small city. Like, the one thing I remember about driving up to Pilot Point, let's see, population is less than 4,500. And the one thing I remember about driving way up there is all the horse farms that you drive past. And, man, I can't remember what time. of the. It's either in the spring or the fall. They have a crazy awesome tulip field. Why do you know this? Well, because the lady friend's favorite flower is tulips. And she looked it up one time and, and she wanted to go up there. So we made the drive up the pilot point and we went and walked through the tulip field and you can pick tulips. I mean, there are all kinds of different colors and stuff. It was really pretty. Wow. So okay. we did that. Look at you, you old romantic devil. You hey, man, sometimes when your lady says, I'd really like to do this, you, 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 I'm smart enough to make a note of it and then remember to be like, hey, we should go do this. You said you always wanted to. You should go, yay, <laughs> let's do it. I'm like, all right, here we go. But I bring up Pilot Point because the mayor of Pilot Point, Matthew Mickelravi, I think I'm saying. Mickelravi? Well, his last name is M-C-I-L-R-A-V-Y, like, yeah. It's got to be McElravy. McElravy, maybe? McElravy. McEl- I don't know. McElravy. I don't know. McElravy. Yeah. Matthew McElravy. We'll just go with that. He's been arrested <laughs> after... He's 42 years old, and he was arrested for solicitation of a minor under the age of 14. A second-degree felony. He was arrested after a five-month investigation that included the U.S. Marshals the Texas Department of Public Safety, and the Collin County District Attorney's Office. Apparently, according to an arrest warrant, he exchanged messages with an undercover officer posing as a 12-year-old girl. And you know, the worst part of that, bro, is is once once they have you on the hook, now this is based off me reading, off me seeing these things on yeah. investigation ID and all this other stuff, they give you like a thousand chances to get off. Right, yeah. Like, well, you know, I've got to go study my sixth grade algebra. And, you know, oh, Barney's on, so I'm, I'm going to watch that now. I'll talk to you later. Right. Or mom says I got to do the dishes uh, before I go to bed at 8 o'clock. I mean, they give you a thousand ways to say, oh, oh, I, I thought you were 18 or 17. Oh, no, no, no. I, I got to get off. And so by the time they catch you, bro. You've had multiple conversations, and you know what you're trying to do. Yeah. I mean, it, you cannot. I mean, do you, did you ever watch that show? Remember that, To Catch a Predator? Bruh. You know, so, you just showed yes. up to see a friend. Why do you have condoms, six boxes in your car, and in your pocket? Yeah, and they're like, oh, yeah. I mean, I always travel like that. I was passing them out to homeless people along the right. way here. And they be, I was, well, I was worried about her, you know, and, and I wanted to make sure, come over and be like, hey, you can't be talking like that online. You know, I was trying to help her out. Or how about, I don't know if you ever saw the one, one guy that they busted on there showed up, come, went inside the house and took all of his clothes off and walks you know into the living room. And then like Chris Hansen just immediately walks out and goes, okay, dude, like, what are you doing? And he was like, what, what do you mean? I was here. And the best would be like, they, there was all, they would have cookies on the table and like one guy would come in and eat the cookie. And then Chris Hansen would come out and talk to me. He's like, well, can I finish eating the cookie? <laughs> like, God. Dude, it's... Uh, I've it's never crazy. understood this. Like, I, I don't get the... the, the it, I just don't understand it. I don't think... I'm being serious. I don't think it's for you to understand. No, and you're probably right. But, I, I like, you sit here and, 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 like, in my head, I'm just going, like, what is it... What is it with the 12-year-old that you aren't... Like, what are you doing? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, I don't understand. Like, it's so just bizarre. Well, you know, man, and I don't pretend to know what goes into a child molester's head. So let's let's start with that. But, you know, if you if based on stuff you read over the years, you know, some of it could be a situation where you're completely uncomfortable with women your own age. And so you go to an age group that you are comfortable with because you can manipulate and talk to and you don't have to worry about rejection from that age group per se. You know, um, some of it may be, um, maybe you see some kind of purity or innocence in them because they haven't been corrupted like the women your own age. All, all of this kind of warped stuff that, as I like to say, people can always convince themselves of anything, man. Um, if, if that's something that you want to do, you can, you can convince yourself in a thousand different ways why 
oh, it's okay, it's not really my fault, it's this, that, or the other thing, knowing damn well that, no, whatever excuse you come up with is all BS. Yeah, it really is, man. And, and again, I mean, this is one of those things, and, I, and like you said, I mean, how would I ever understand this? But there's a picture of him, and he's with his two little kids and his wife. You know, he's got two kids that, I mean, their faces are, are blurred out in the picture, but just based on their height and, like, the way that they look, I would guess that they're, they're at 10, at 10 at the oldest. You know, and, and that's one of those things, like, how? I've, I just don't understand it. I don't want to understand it. It's not for me to understand, no. as you said. No, it's, it's, no it's, it's really not. And so you'll drive yourself crazy trying to figure out why people do what they do. And here's the other thing, man. Now, again, it's just me, but how sick do you have to be to be the mayor? Even in a place like Pilot Point, which is a small place, which to me makes it even worse. Yeah. Everybody knows mayor in Pilot Point, man. Like, how do you think you can be the mayor and be a, kind of a high-profile citizen and do this, and it'll never, ever get back to you? Yep. I, I don't mean, know. How do you, just, you know, how do you do that? I don't know. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how anybody does any of this. It's, it, it, I, I don't, it's very, very difficult to fathom. And, and, you know, apparently he was a church leader, the mayor of Pilot Point, and now you see all this, and it's just all you can do is just shake your head and, and just be like, man, you're not going to enjoy prison. Nah, not at all, bro. And that's fine. I mean, you, you shouldn't enjoy it. No, you really yeah, should. I mean, of things in life, prison should probably not be enjoyable. Nah. And so, uh, you know, it is I mean, what it is. I don't have any sympathy. I've seen Oz. <laughs> I know how it works. Yeah, bro. It's I've seen I've place. seen Shawshank Redemption. Hell yeah. Actually, now that I think about it, is Shawshank Redemption the greatest prison movie of all time? It's got to be, right? Uh, I would probably wager that it is. There's a couple of interesting ones. Like Shot Caller that's on Netflix is really fascinating and very realistic prison movie. Which one is it? That's the one where the guy is like a really well-off person and just a normal guy, and he is out with his wife and another couple one night, and he had a couple of drinks at dinner, and they're driving home, and he's turning back, talking to somebody in the back seat, and accidentally runs a red light and smashes into somebody, and the guy in the back seat dies, and so he goes to prison for life. Or whatever. Oh, wow. he, he, maybe it's not for life, but he gets sentenced to a, like a long thing. Well, I mean, he was technically he was impaired when he was driving because he had like right. two or three drinks at dinner and it was a fatality wreck. So he was right. like booked for, you know, whatever it is, involuntary manslaughter. And so it basically goes to show him to survive in prison. He has to join a gang and, you know, to survive and end up doing stuff. And he, his prison sentence gets longer tells his kids and his wife like hey you, you know forget i exist like for me to survive this is what i have to do like it's intense man you know what you see you said all that stuff because i was trying to make sure it was the same movie but yeah i've seen that movie yeah and he like yeah, works okay. himself like all the way up to being like the leader of the gang in prison or whatever but i saw that and i was like man i gotta be honest with you seems pretty realistic for real, because like if like sometimes like you know your primal instinct of survival, and then once you realize like oh my like I got to be in here for like fifteen years like I don't want to die what's going to happen to me, bro? And they're like okay well if you don't want to die you better do this or our gang will kill you. <laughs> That's why I tell people man like do whatever you you have to do you I don't think anybody ever wants to go to prison, like prison. I couldn't handle nah. it. I don't know I, I'd be dead in a day. Either that or I'd be the crazy guy. I don't know what would happen. (laughs) Prison is not where you're trying to go. No, not at all. I mean, you got to be on the up and up and just keep it going. And, and, you know, don't don't go to jail. Don't go to prison. That's I I feel like that's a (laughs) solid life goal. Yes, I would agree with that. Good. I also would tell you a solid life goal. If you're making life goals, maybe you should get over to Smokey John's barbecue and make it your life goal to try the, the jam session bowl. That's a solid life goal. No, I mean, it should be. It's delicious. It's fortified with all the different food groups that you need, man, starting with the carnivores. Your choice of five smoked meats. You put it on top of a bed made of homemade mac and cheese and mashed potatoes. Drizzled with all kind of good stuff that you'd find on a baked potato. It's fantastic, man. It's delicious. It's my go-to when I go to Smokey John's. Because normally I think about two or three other things and I go, nah, I'm going to ride with the Jam Session Bowl, bro. 
Yeah, I, I can see it. it. It's phenomenal. You guys got to get out there. It's Smokey John's Barbecue. To me, and I try to be unbiased, I, I don't know that there's better barbecue no. in DFW, man. I really don't. I mean, there's I places like that this, get more man. hype, but, but man, they're good. I try to say it like this because there's a lot of great barbecue in Dallas. There really you is. Won't, you won't find better barbecue than you find in Smokey John. You might find just as good, but you won't find better. And so if you're near downtown, it's right off of Mockingbird, man. It's actually about five minutes from uh, Freeway Tire. Yeah. Just go through, swing through. Ask for Juan or Brent. Stop telling. Hey, Jam says you told me to ask for Juan or Brent. I don't know who they are. Okay, they're the owners. They're brothers. <laughs> they're my boys. There you and go. And just say, hey, uh, JJT said, what's up? Told me to tell you what's up. And uh, they'll stop and they'll chat with you because those dudes are legitimately, genuinely great people. They really are, man. And they, I, they, that's very, very true. They are very no, I mean, good they, dudes. They just man. are. They, I'm serious, um, and they will do that. Like if you walk in and be like, "Hey, I heard about you on the Jam Session podcast," you know, it, it, when they get a second, either Juan or Brent, they'll come over and they'll they'll chat with you. And, and Juan listens to every podcast. I mean, he'll come over and be like, "Oh, did you hear this?" And <laughs> you guys can be like, "Oh, that Matt guy is such a crazy asshole." And shut cover Sports Illustrated, and you'll high five. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, man. So go by Smokey Jazz. Oh, and if you don't live in DFW, <laughs> they got you, dog. Go by. Get on the website, click on Marketplace. They got the, the rub that goes on all the different meats. Yeah. And uh, then they got the sauce that Matt drinks out the bottle. Uh, 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 just That's like right. that. That's right. Um, <laughs> and it'll be at your house in a couple of days, man. So there's no reason not to have Smokey John's in your pantry, baby. I agree. Smokey John's barbecue, make it happen. Oh, Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson, number 13, the Dallas Mav. Drafted from the same draft as Luka Doncic, a steal in the second round, who has really turned himself into, and I guess this is the question, is he a part of that big three that you need? Is he a part of what you need to get over the hump in the Western Conference? And the Mavs, they have said many, many times their offseason priority is getting an extension done with Jalen Brunson, keeping him in Dallas. Well, last week, the NBA draft happened. And it was evident during the draft the Knicks are doing everything they can to clear space to blow Jalen Brunson away with the best offer they can give him. So much so that Mark Stein, I'm sure most people are familiar with him. Yes. Mark Stein reported that the offer that is expected to come from the Knicks is a four-year, $100 million offer which you can obviously do the math on that, that they are prepared to offer Jalen Brunson $25 million a year. I think, um, but see, dog, check this out, man. I ain't surprised. That's what, um, that's what, that's what we've been hearing, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there, to me, there's no need to be surprised. There's no need to wonder, like, oh, is this really? So, and the Mavericks' benefit was they could pay him more. And so, um, you know, I assume that they will. Uh, but, you know, the, when, when somebody's offering you that much money, you have to take the deal seriously. And you have to, um, if you're Jalen Brunson, and this is what it boils down to me, man. Okay, you're going to be ridiculously rich with, under normal circumstances, excuse me, more money than you could spend in a lifetime, whether you're with the Mavericks or whether you're with the Knicks. And so in that case, money to me is really not an issue because you're going to be ridiculously rich either way. So I honestly don't know how anybody could look at the Mavericks, look at the Knicks, and then pick the Knicks. Yeah, I don't know how you could either. And, you know, the other thing is not only are the Knicks going to offer him a ton of money, they also hired his dad, Rick Brunson, as an assistant coach since the end of the NBA season. So now you got a, a big choice to make. Do you go there and be, by all intents and purposes, you would be the man with the New York Knicks. It would be the offense is going to be Jalen Brunson's offense. He would have an opportunity to shine and be the star of the Knicks. And in reality of it is, he'll never be that guy here because of Luka. But to your point, you look at this is a Knicks team that has made the playoffs once in the past decade. They have gotten out of the first round only once when they lost in the conference semifinals since 2000. 
So in the last 22 years, they've only advanced out of the first round once. And you look at it, they've only been in the playoffs since they... Because, I mean, reality of it is when Ewing and those guys were there in the 90s, the Knicks were a really good team. They obviously had a chance in 94 against the Rockets in the finals when they lost an epic seven-game series. You know, they couldn't get past the Bulls. They couldn't get past the, the late 90s heat. They struggled beating Reggie Miller in some of those epic battles. They get back, remember the, the strike-shortened season in 99 when they get to the NBA Finals and lose to the Spurs. Then the next year was another conference finals loss to the Pacers. Since that happened, since that conference finals loss to the Pacers in 2000, they've only made the playoffs six times. Wow. This is not a good franchise. This is a franchise who has churned through coaches. Coaches of, I mean, in a lot of cases, man, coaches with a lot of respect. Lenny Wilkins did a couple of years there. Larry Brown couldn't get it done in his year there. They go out and hire Isaiah Thomas, who was a colossal bust. They bring in Mike D'Antonio. And to be fair, Mike D'Antonio did some good things. They made the, the playoffs three years in a row. They capped out with the 54-win season, the last time they got out of the first round with Mike Woodson. Then they go to Derek Fisher, then Jeff Hornacek, then Tom Thibodeau, who's there now. I mean, it's just, this is a franchise in colossal disarray that basically is giving head coaches two, three seasons and then just moving on versus a franchise like Mark Cuban and the Mavericks. You know you have a solidified star in Luka Doncic who Dallas will do everything here in their power to keep him happy and keep him. They gave Rick Carlisle years and years and years and years. You have stability <laughs> with the ownership group. It, to me, the appeal of being in Dallas and where this franchise has the opportunity to go, it really depends. Do you want to win and be a big key to winning? Or do you want to be average but be the best player on that team? Yeah, see, I, th I think, nah, obviously I don't know for sure, but I think with a guy like Jalen Brunson who's won championships at uh, Villanova, uh, who's seen how this team has progressed and who plays a position where it ain't really all about your personal glory being a point guard. I really think that he'll just look at it and go, you know, the best place for me to try to win is Dallas because I got a superstar, a legit NBA superstar I'm playing with. Um, part of the way you win in the NBA is with a legit superstar. So I've got that. I know I can ball out. Now it's just a matter of getting the pieces around us, growing with Jason Kidd, and making a run over this next three or four years. Uh, you just can't do that with the Knicks, man, because everything with the Knicks is about a hope and a prayer. It's, okay, we got some draft picks, or we got some money. Can we sign some guys? Will they live up to what we think they will be? And, you know, even if you said, oh, well, they're going to add you, they're going to bring Kyrie Irving, he's going to play too. Like, who wants to play with Kyrie Irving, man? Because he ain't going to show up every week. You know what? I mean, he's not—he's going to play about half the season and be kind of a big distraction and all this stuff. And if you're trying to win, like really, like winning is your top objective, you ain't trying to deal with all that, bro. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. And again, I mean, for a just a trash of a franchise, which is unfortunate because it seems like if you're going to have a team like that in New York, they should be better, but they're not. You know, he does have Julius Randle there in in New York with the Knicks who averages about 20 points a game and is 27. R.J. Barrett is only 21, and he had a 20-point a average this season. You know, so they have a couple of young pieces, but, I mean, let's let's stop kidding ourselves. I mean, do you want to be – because you have a chance, and, I, and maybe this is a poor comparison, but, you know, if Luka Doncic is Michael Jordan, does Jalen Brunson have a chance to, to ride with him and be Scottie Pippen to some degree? Right, right, right. And, and do you have a chance to win multiple titles? And, and, and in Dallas, you do. Now, last week, Jake Fisher, who is an NBA reporter for the Bleacher Report and has written a book and whatnot about the NBA and all that, he had the report, it sounds like Dallas is by far the leader in the clubhouse to retain him. I've even heard that he has told former teammates and current teammates that it's basically like a done deal. Now, that was before the NBA draft last week, and on draft night, all the talking heads like, oh, wow, Jalen Brunson's going to New York. Look how they're, they're, they're doing this, and they hired his dad, and, and this and that. And I, I just, again, you, you never know the person. <laughs> but like you said, we're talking about a guy who played four years in college. He stayed for all four years. He understands what it takes to win a championship. He has been a part of a championship culture in college 
and they're building that in Dallas, I, I just have a hard time believing that's the guy who wants to go and wallow away in obscurity in New York. No, that's that's my whole thing. We could be wrong, but I think I think he wants to win, man. I think winning is his top priority. As long as the money is, you know, within the same conversation, yeah. and it will be. So the money won't be an issue. And if the money's not an issue, you got to go to the best franchise. I mean, I've told you this for as long as you've known me. And again, I ain't, I don't think I'm breaking news, man. But um, for organizations win championships, you know. Because organizations, your GM, your coach, your president, your owner, all that stuff, if you're in a good organization, they will consistently put you in position to win. Yep. And then one of those years when you're in position, the stars are aligned properly and you make it happen and it gets done. Uh, but if you're with a bad organization, perhaps you can luck into it somehow, some way, once, but it'll never happen again. Yeah, and... Again, the only thing, and there have been reports out there that there's some thought that he does favor that bigger role and he would have the bigger role with the Knicks, but I don't know, again, all that we've described and the reality of it is if they're going to offer Brunson $25 million a year, the Mavs, the max contract they can offer him is a five-year deal worth $175 million, which is $35 million per and they can use his bird rights to exceed salary cap. You know, they, they could do something, you know, at most, what the Knicks could do at most cannot get to the level of what the Mavs can do at most, but it just decides, okay, how bad did the Knicks want him? Because if the Knicks wanted to, the most they can offer him is a four-year deal for 130, which is $32.5 million a year. Yeah, man. As much as I love Jalen Brunson, I ain't trying to give 175 million. I'm yeah, fine. No, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and it ain't my money, but it's how it how it affects the other things you can do. So if they come in at 100, man, you eclipse that, uh, whatever that number is, even if it's just the fifth year, I'll give you five and 125. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, still 25 million dollars a year more. It's going to go more in Texas because of the income tax laws and all yeah. of that. Uh, I just refuse to believe he's headed to uh, to the Knicks until it happens. So. You know, call me naive, but that's what I think. Well, and it's also the thing, like, and again, it's just us, but you kind of wonder if you knew the max offer from the Knicks could be 130, and they only offer you 100. I, I'd be like, okay, so you guys want me that badly, but you're not willing to max it out all the way for me. Right. And then maybe it's like, well, we got to build a team around you, Jalen. I'm like, well, I've got a team around me here in Dallas. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, for me, if I was going to go somewhere that was average, and take me away from a place like Dallas, I would be like, y'all better come with like the, the elite offer. Like, bring it. Now, what do you think? Um, or let me say this. So the Knicks signed his dad to be an assistant coach. Ah, you get to play with your dad. And I'm here to tell you, bro, um, that could be very enticing, especially if they have a close relationship and all this yeah. stuff. But, you know, man, I had a really close relationship with my dad. Uh, he taught at Ohio State. That's why I went to Ohio State. Uh, we spent two years together. And he walked in the kitchen one day, man. And he said, hey, I need to talk to you. I said, uh, okay, what's up? He said, hey, I just got this fantastic offer from the University of Buffalo. They're going to do this for me and that for me and this for me and that for me. And uh, they just gave me just a huge raise. Like, I'm balling now. Uh, the question is, you want to come with me? And I was like, dude, I mean, this is in the kitchen. This wasn't one of those, well, let me go upstairs and think about it. I was like, so let me ask you this, Dad. They got a journalism program? Uh, well, they got, a, they got a communications program. I said, but they ain't got no football team. Like, yeah, they got a football team. I said, I said Dad, they ain't got like a football team. <laughs> I said, hey, man, I love you. I ain't going to Buffalo. It's too cold up there. I ain't trying to do that. <laughs> Now, this didn't mean I didn't love my dad. This didn't mean I didn't enjoy the two years we spent together. But I was like, dog, I'm a grown-ass man. I'm not finna go up there with you. Not when I can be here and I've got Big Ten football and all the stuff I want to do with my career is here. Yeah. And you got enough money, you can fly me up to see me anytime you want to see me now. <laughs> and so what I'm saying is if Jalen Brunson's like, yeah, well, I love my dad, but I'm about to make 25 large. Anytime I want to see my dad, I can see my dad. Anytime I want to talk to him, I can talk to him. I ain't got to play for him. 
before all that to happen. Yeah, so we'll see. But it's either the Knicks or the Mavs. And like you said, I mean, I'd be very curious to see what the number is if the Mavs were able to settle on something that works moving forward. And, you know, we, I think we're all aware of this. Mark Cuban is not going to bat an eye at the luxury tax if he believes that the pieces that it takes can deliver another NBA championship. No, I don't think so. Like, he won't care about that. If, they, if, if that's what it takes and they believe and, he, and they're like, hey, Mark, we're going to have to luxury tax this a bit, but, but we need Brunson, then Cuban will do what it takes. I think he's yeah. proven that. I mean, this is his fancy toy. He loves the Mavs. This is his toy, and he's trying to do what, Doug? He's trying to get that third, that second championship and third appearance. Yeah, no doubt. And, man. you know, on the real, that would be, if you could get there in 06 and then 11 and pull another one in 21, that's pretty impressive over a period of time, man, because only the elite franchises have been able to do it like that. Yeah, that's very true. And then if you can get there, I, I have no doubt about this. If, if Luka can get you one, once that door is open, Luka's going to get a couple. Okay. That's how I feel. Now, you got to get the one. But Luca, to me, he just has that feel. He has that vibe of this dude's going to win multiple titles. But he's got to get the one first. And then you know you can do it, and then it becomes everybody is looking at you, and you're like, okay, now I know what it takes. I got to replicate this. We'll see if he can get it done. They just got to get a better team around him, and I think that's what they're they're efforting to do. Uh, But they just got to do it, and once they do, You'll see things happen. But until that happens, man, it's just always going to be a little bit of frustration or angst while they're trying to put it together. Golly, it's like you're describing HFX Foundation Solutions. (laughs) Because until you give them a call and and you find out, because right now you're looking at it and you're like, oh, I noticed some cracks. I noticed some sticking doors. You know, and you've got some frustration. You have some angst. You're not sure exactly what the problem is. Well, until you call HFX Foundation Solutions, have Aaron and his guys come out and, and give you a free, no obligation inspection. You're not really going to know. You're not really going to know what's going on. It could be nothing. It could be that it's getting worse and costing you more and more money as the days go by. Call HFX Foundation Solutions. Get them out there, man. Again, a free, no obligation inspection. 817 770 0174. Let them come out. If nothing else, it's peace of mind. Dude, what we're all striving for is peace of mind, brother. And when you have Aaron and his team come out there and give your house the one over, it's for peace of mind, man, because if they don't find anything, it's time to pop some bottles, brother. And if they do, chances are they found it early. If they found it early, you can make the repairs at a fraction of the cost they would if they find it late. But the key is to get them out there, have them give your house the once over, and really feel good about where you are because this Texas soil is absolutely, positively ridiculous. It is. It really is, man. And that's where HFX Foundation Solutions comes in. Or perhaps it's drainage problems. Or maybe you don't even have gutters and you don't realize how that affects your foundation. They handle all of that. A full-service foundation repair company, 817-770-0174. You can find them online if that's easier for you, hfxfoundation.com. Oh, these pesky Texas Rangers, man. They're hanging around so much so And I don't think people realize this. Now, look, they're not the Yankees. They're not the Astros. But they are kind of just hanging around close to 500. They're 34 and 36 here as we record this on Sunday afternoon. But the key is in the last 30 days, the last month, they're 16 and 14, two games above 500. And I'm telling you, man, if, if they can play this level that they've been at, this is a team that might be able to win 75 to 80 games. And right now, this is a team because of the expansion of the wild card. And this year in the playoffs, there are three division winners and there are three wild card teams, which means that some of those teams that might be a little bit under 500 have a chance kind of just hanging around a little bit. And you look at this like Texas, for instance, is 10 and a half games behind Houston. The Astros have won the division. It's over. But you look at the wild card standings. Right now, your three wild card teams are Toronto, Tampa Bay, and Minnesota. Cleveland is one game behind that. The Rangers are four and a half games out of a wild card spot. Man, seems like they're further back than that, and they're not. <laughs> right? It is because of that third wild card spot now, you know, where everybody is looking at it and it offers a little bit more. Now, I will say this, and this is something that the Rangers are going to have to figure out over the next month. Is it worth fighting for a wild card spot 
you are not, and I think anybody who understands this, the Yankees right now are on pace to win as many games as the 2001 Seattle Mariners who set the all-time record for wins in a single season. They are just mauling people. Right. The Astros are very, very good. They're better than the Rangers. Boston, Toronto, Tampa Bay, Minnesota, that group of teams all above them, and they're all better than Texas is this year. You're probably not going to win a playoff series against those teams. Is it worth trying to hang on to some of these pieces that might not be in the long-term plans for a fighting chance to kind of show this group of young guys, hey, this is what a playoff chase is like. This is what going through August with the chance at a playoffs is like versus, hey, Martin Perez, you've been great, but we can get a couple of nice prospects for you to send you to the Yankees or to the Astros or the Red Sox or what have you. Yeah, that's a great question, man, because there is something to be said for building a winning culture. But isn't that why you got Simeon and Sayer and a couple other pieces that, that you got? But those are two big guys that you brought in to help develop that culture. Um, you know what, man? I think, like, Martin Perez doesn't have a future here. By the time he's – I mean, like, there's a reason why they call it a career year, and this is a career year for him because it doesn't happen again. And – uh you know, I would say the odds are it won't happen again for him either. Maybe he just was, returns to being, you know, kind of a 500 pitcher with a four ERA. And that's cool because if that's what he is. But uh, if it were me, man, I would pick up the phone anytime it rang and I would listen. And if I got the prospects that I wanted, I'd pull the trigger. And if I didn't get the, like, I'm not settling. I want these two guys. Yeah. And if I can't get them, then fine, we'll just keep Martina and do what we do. But um, if I could get the prospects that I wanted, then I'd deal them because it's all about creating the best team so that when you're ready to win, you're ready to win. And much like last time, because the Rangers know how to do this. Last time when the Rangers got their team together, bro, they were good for, what, six or seven years? Yeah. Um, Like they were an elite franchise for six or seven years, and it was some great times. So you don't have to rush it. Um, if it takes you another year or two until you're ready. But just just keep building that farm system and do all that stuff so that when you're ready to be good, you're going to be good for a minute. Yeah, and it's interesting because you talk about the year that Perez is having, and it, it's going to come into play at some point. Now, he's just 5-2, and two, but again, he pitches for the Rangers. But you look at this, he is fourth right now in Major League Baseball, in war, wins above replacement, for all pitchers in Major League Baseball. He's third in ERA for all pitchers in Major League Baseball with the 1.96 ERA. So he is having himself a season that you would think he's very, very affordable. He's extremely cheap. They signed him to a one-year, $4 million deal. He will be 32 years old at the beginning of next season. And to me, like you're talking about, he's not a part of your long-term plan could you flip a guy like that for a decent prospect for a team that's looking for a pitcher for the postseason, which all teams, generally speaking, usually are at that level? See, like, I, I'd rather keep him than dip him than flip him for a decent prospect. And you're like, well, he only, you know, he's a free agent at the end of the year. Okay, that's cool. But when you're at a pennant race and you're one of, the, and you're one of these elite teams, whoever they are, that I'm trying to win it this year. Yeah. And I think Martin Perez can help me win it. Then you got to give us something better than a decent prospect, bro. Otherwise, we'll just keep him. Because he's not. I mean, he's earned himself a big raise next year. I'm not paying him because I think this is a is a fluke year. So I mean, I don't care what he does. I'm not giving him another two year, twenty seven million dollar deal next year because he yeah. had one good year. Um, and so I don't really care. Like you know, I'll keep him. Um, and, and we can win 80 games, okay, fine. We can build that and use that for our winning culture. And if not, if we can flip him for one good prospect. I don't even have to have two because he's in yeah. a one-year deal. Just one legitimate prospect who should be in the big leagues at some point, then fine, I could do that. Yeah, my, my thing is, and I've all, I always feel this way, you're not winning the World Series. You probably realistically are not making the playoffs. Even if you do and you sneak in as a wild card, those teams that are at the top of the league are just so much better than you. This is a guy that, like you talked about, I have no interest in signing Martin Perez to the type of money that somebody will throw at him to see if he can replicate this for a couple of years. And so if, if you're not planning on having him on the team 
in the next two seasons, I would move him immediately. Yeah. And, you know, I realize Chris Young is the GM, but um, uh, John Daniels has been good about this in the past. Like, there's no need to wait until the trade deadline to make a move. Yeah. Go make it early. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, go tell somebody, oh, you want to make this deal now? Well, give us the guy we want, and you can have him an extra three or four starts out of him because we're ready to do that thing now. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what happens, man. It really will be, but it's – they're better than I think a lot of us thought they would be. I thought, like, best-case scenario this year, they would have a chance to hang around 500, and and so they're kind of pulling off that best-case scenario. The lineup has come back around. Marcus Simeon has started to come alive. Obviously, having Simeon and Seager in the middle, and you kind of see what the future can be with those guys – Garcia is doing what he does, which is nice. Nathaniel Lowe, Nate Lowe has been doing, had a fairly solid season. And then some of the young guys that we've had an opportunity to see at various points this season, the future is bright, but the future is not right now. And that's okay. That's okay. I mean, this is a team, you know, if you can, if you can finish, like I said, 75 to 80 wins this year, then with some of the stuff and maybe Jack Leiter is on the roster next year and comes in and, and is, a, I mean, there is, Next year, to me, you got a chance at a wild card. And then maybe two years from now, in 2024, you've got a real chance to start competing and, and opening that window into being a World Series team at some point in the next few years down the road. No, I think that's completely legitimate, man. And that, to me, should be the goal. Um, but you look at the season, they're two games under 500, and you know Simeon has been trashed for most of the first two and a half months of the season. Yeah. I think he's hitting 286 this month. He's up to seven homers, and he didn't have any like a month ago. And so he's starting to heat up and warm up. Uh, but, you know, him and Seager are hitting the same at the plate, which is 235, which seems insane. Uh, so what I'm saying is they're two games under 500. They haven't even really played good baseball yeah. yet. And so if they can just play good baseball, you know, they could put a little something together. Yeah, and then one day when, the, you know, and it's silly, but they released the, the all-star voting totals. You know, and I, I don't know why. I was looking at this the other day. And there's no surprise here, okay? There's not going to be any surprises. Hardly any Rangers appear in any of the vote totals at any position. <laughs> I ain't surprised. I'm not surprised either, but it's just, I don't know, man. Sometimes when you're scrolling through and you see like Jonah Heim is ninth in catching. Let's see. I was Marcus Simeon. And I thought, okay, well, Marcus Simeon's well-known. He's 10th in second baseman. You know, you've got Corey Seager is seventh in shortstops. And that's, that's basically it, man. Like, and I know that they've gone through a bunch of dudes in the outfield and whatnot, and it's not like I expect anything, but of the top 30 vote getters in the outfield, they don't have a guy. Wow. And they have to have an all-star, and right now, their one, their one lone all-star is going to be Martin Perez, and if he played for a team that had a winning record, he would actually have a legitimate chance to possibly start the all-star game. I mean, he's been that good. True that, true that. But he's not going to. He's, he's just going to be the, the Rangers' lone all-star, and, and maybe they'll move on from him after he's a Rangers all-star. Who knows? Yeah, I think, uh, I think they'll trade him ultimately. And then it's just a matter of what kind of prospect you get back. Yeah, and then maybe you get a guy. And, and you know, and the Rangers also coming up here this, in, in a couple of weeks, they've got the third pick overall in the Major League Baseball draft, and maybe you can hit on a guy there that joins Josh Young and, and Jack Leiter. And you've got a trio of dudes who's going to be the base and and the future of what this franchise is. They've got some good pieces on the farm. It, it's when you look at the future of the Rangers, you can get really excited. You just not right now, and and it's probably going to be another couple of years. I, I think twenty twenty four is a legit chance where they can start making a push for eighty five plus wins and really being in the playoffs again, which will be fun because I mean, who doesn't love watching the Rangers in the playoffs? I'm down with that, bro. I do. Okay, so one thing real quick before we wrap up, because I just wanted to throw this out here. And it's because the Stanley Cup playoffs is like there's a good chance tonight that the Avs are going to win their first Stanley Cup. Now, they're, they're playing in Tampa. Tampa forced a game six. But it reminds me because the, the Avs haven't won the Stanley Cup since 2001. Well, this series reminds me, and, I, and you used to be around the Stars a lot. Do you remember in 2000 when they played New Jersey for the Cup? And they got down three games to one, and it was a triple overtime loss in game four. Right. And then they had to go to New Jersey for game five. And I'll never forget this because, like, the whole thing was, man, 
you know, if they can just win game five, they'll probably win game six at home, and then game seven, anything can happen. The right. Stars go to New Jersey for game five. They win in double overtime. I believe it was Brendan Morrow. I think that's right. Maybe not. That, seemed, that, that might be a year too young for him. I'm trying to remember who scored that winning goal. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But I remember game six in Dallas. Eliash to Arnott, double overtime. And I'll never forget where I was. It was at a girl's house I was dating. And you could see it happening in slow motion. High to the glove side, beat Belfour, and the Devils win the Stanley Cup in double overtime. And I'm just sitting there going, like I dropped to the floor because I was convinced when the Stars won game five, I was convinced they're going to win game six at home and we're going to force a game seven back in New Jersey. And when that happens, it's anybody's game. And it didn't happen, obviously. And I just kind of, I don't know, this series kind of has that kind of vibe to it to me for whatever reason. Well, I think the difference is you're talking about a two-time defending champion. And so, you know, they, got, they, got, they just got a different vibe and they got a different confidence level. And they lost in double overtime in game four. And so they can look at it and go, we damn near won game four. Because they got smoked, I think, 7 nothing in game two. And then they came back and won three and then, you know, the overtime thing. So, but they can look at it and say, aside from game two, every game's been a toss-up. So we can play with them. It's not that we can't play with them. We're two-time defending champs. Let's let them feel a little pressure. And, you know, it's like a lot of games, man. The first 10 minutes of the game in Tampa tonight is going to be insane. It is going to be insane. And it's can you weather the storm? And one nothing is weathering the storm. You know, okay, fine. You're up one nothing. Fine. They'll settle down. And it's Colorado. They got a thousand goal scores. You know, so but it's can we just settle down, withstand that first onslaught through the first ten minutes, let yeah. it settle into a game, and then slowly start to take advantage of. But I watched it. Uh, I watched the uh, overtime the other night because uh, I like good hockey, man. I love playoff hockey because there ain't all this stupid fighting going on. It's the truest form of the game to me. And so I peeped it the other day because these were two good offensive teams. And I yeah. just, it was a good game. They're fun to watch, man. Unfortunately, I can't stand Colorado. I hate them with the passion. And Tampa Bay has is no fan of mine either because obviously they, they and the Stars played in the cup finals a couple of years ago. But we'll see how yeah. it turns out. I just it, it brought back that memory of way back when. And I was just looking. It was Mike Madonna who scored the winning goal. I couldn't remember who it was all those years ago because that was a triple overtime win for the stars in game five and they won one nothing belfort stopped 48 of 48 and brodeur stopped 40 of 41 until madonna scored in the third overtime i mean I, that what an epic battle that was hell yeah what a series that was every single one of those games was decided by one goal except the first game when belfort took like some cough medicine or something and you could tell something <laughs> wasn't right and they got beat seven to three it's crazy yeah. all right but there you go enjoy your week We'll have another couple of podcasts coming your way this week. And then, of course, making our way to July 4th weekend. We're wrapping up the month of June already. Kind of wild. Wow. But we will talk to you guys soon. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.